Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Action! Episode 97. Oh, good job. Well done, you. I checked ahead of time. Welcome, everyone, to episode 100 minus 3. Yeah. Here we are. Everybody knows that 100 minus 3 is the most momentous episode of all. I find it <laughs> truly ludicrous that we've done this 97 times or it will have. so many times. Or that we will have done this 97 well, times. Well, we've started. How, we've, how, we've how, are we not, how are we not out of things to talk about? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am. What, uh, what, we, has, what the, are we talking about today, Brian? The listeners will be happy to know that Nate couldn't remember <laughs> what we talked about last episode. Uh, a mere three days later. So <laughs> I think what These if we're are, actually repeating ourselves and you don't know it? That is highly likely. Yeah. Well, the question that we have today is about the Grinch. Mm. I mean, okay. uh, and, and so the question is sent by a, a listener, Seth said, why do I like the Grinch so much? If, if I'm not supposed to. If he's a bad person, why do I like him before his transformation, before his heart? Because he's funny. Yeah, that's a very simple answer. I mean, and that has been episode 97. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> um, uh, because it's good storytelling and you always should understand and like a character, especially one who's going to be redeemed. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it also, is there an element of it that the Who's kind of seem, I don't know, no one likes the Who's down in whoville right you don't need to why not why would you well i mean because you're supposed to it's not, like their, it's the, not the, their story it's the grinch's story yeah well no because they're the good guys no they're not oh weird okay let's <laughs> I mean, is, here here's an episode for us <laughs> yeah well why, i guess cindy lou who i'd be willing to grant I, i'm not even she no one likes cindy lou who who is not more than two she was epic but she's great. They're all great side characters. They're okay. great. They're okay. a great world. They're a great situation, but you're not, you don't know them. Okay. Uh, the way you know the Interesting. Grinch. The Grinch is the one on a journey. So they have zero characterization. They're just a prop sort of. They're just Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim is, yeah. you know, a trope completely. They're over there and the story is the Grinch's story. Yeah. So you're supposed to like the Grinch. You're supposed to journey with the Grinch on this path of redemption. Okay. You're supposed to connect with him. Mm-hmm. understand him sympathize with him yeah still see how he needs redemption and then see him get that redemption right so okay that's, done. that's pretty easy i mean i mean even his dog we kind of sympathize with his yeah, dog the dog's perfect max <laughs> max with his horn tied on top so what's next what's the next question right <laughs> well i i mean i i guess i wanted i wanted we talking about christmas in general what are we what are we covering well that i mean we were i was gonna ask you a couple questions about you know christmas carol and just go christmas in general yeah okay um see if we can keep it cheerful yeah i well, i hear rumors that i've been dark recently <laughs> so we'll see if we can a dark time of year we'll, we'll see if we can keep it cheerful yeah uh christmas carol i guess tiny tim he is he is a trope we're not we don't feel too bad when tiny tim has have you watched spirited on apple no what's spirited it's a moving picture show starring will ferrell and ryan reynolds in the first truly unique subversion of a christmas carol that i've ever seen okay 
It's that good, huh? No. It's just interesting. It's a truly unique subversion. I I like that. Okay. I actually, okay, let, let me. We might need to talk about subversion here. Because... Yeah, we'll talk about subversion. We'll talk about some other things, but. Okay. I drink eggnog once a year, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, this is not something I drink in August. It's not something I'm interested in drinking any other time. Right. Uh, just because I can, and because you've warned me. I'll say that I have my my daughter mixes me a little bourbon and a little eggnog and brings it to me. <laughs> yeah. By the fire and it's it's fantastic. Yeah. For those of you out there in the world, bourbon is not beer. It's different. <laughs> um <laughs> you did, there was some slight confusion. It's way better than beer. So yeah, that should, yeah, that should I don't ad- drink beer. That should address all your yeah, concerns. I don't I don't drink beer. And let me also just say for everybody listening, I've never been drunk in my life, just in case we're <laughs> we're worried i'm quite pious <laughs> but um uh where where were we where, we're talking about eggnog where once a were year. we yeah so then there's christmas movies and che- like mm-hmm. things that are cheesy things that are fun yeah like, this is i'm gonna watch christmas movies once a year that's obviously the only time and i'm not gonna watch them all every time right you know it's like but there's just different christmas movies i think it's pretty fun this is a christmas movie it is a musical which is another thing I don't watch. And weird. Will Farrell and Ryan Reynolds doing big musical numbers. Big, some amazing ones. It's called Spirited. Spirited. And the concept is that Scrooge, Will Farrell, is now working with the ghosts of Christmas present, past future. He's now on that crew. <laughs> so he's now on the crew. Okay. And uh, they have found their next target to try to attempt redemption. And it's Ryan Reynolds. A tough nut to crack. Yeah. And it's, so there, there you go. It's like, okay, that right there, tough nut to crack. Okay. That's not that difficult, but what ends up happening and this spoiler, don't listen. If you really care about a, a particular musical Christmas movie, whatever. If the plot's um, this important. Yeah. The the whole concept is the deconversion of Scrooge. That Ryan Reynolds is too tough. And so it's you know, it breaks down breaking down <laughs> Scrooge, who's now the ghost of Christmas present. And oh um, and he can't and it's it's Christmas going five. the other direction. Like he, Ryan Reynolds okay. is so tough and so funny and so jaded as a marketing executive. Um that he, he is okay. having this negative effect on scrooge um, who's a good now who's good, good and who's working with the the you know the christmas ghosts yeah so and then lace in big musical numbers and lots of funniness and then some christmas sentimentality and some other stuff and mm-hmm. it was a it was an unexpectedly funny watch yeah and yeah tons of flaws plenty whatever they they sang i mentioned that yeah um <laughs> but it's you know it's uh it's striking. And the thing that was striking about it was that it played with the the architecture of the Christmas Carol. Right. And that's you know, that's that it, the only that it movie. played with that architecture and then was pushing it the other direction. And basically, Ryan Reynolds, the concept is that this that the team, uh, you have redeemables and you have unredeemable. They don't even try with these people who are unredeemable. And so Ryan Reynolds is unredeemable, but Will Farrell desperately wants to target him anyway. Because the last unredeemable that they successfully targeted was Scrooge. Mm-hmm. So he was the last 
like quote unquote alleged unredeemable. Uh, and he's worried that he wasn't actually changed. So mm-hmm. he has this like nagging insecurity that he never actually changed. And so he wants to see another unredeemable okay. actually change. Um, and he's worried about this because he died so shortly after his conversion. You know, it's like his quote unquote Christmas conversion. Gotcha. Um, so it's pretty, there's, there are, I'm, I vid angeled it and watched it with my kids. And there's, there were some things to filter out, but it was pretty easy. Okay. What were, you know, following our Grinch roles, what made Ryan Reynolds likable? Like as such a jaded character, what were his Grinch like aspects? Was he, was he clever? Oh yeah. No wit. Like that's that's, what it is. Okay. Yeah. No, he's, he's clever. He's, um, very, very funny, very quick. And even, even being a tough nut is easy to like, is easy to relate to or like, right. Um, that he's refusing this sentimental stuff. And he's also seen through the weird sentimentality of this particular approach. Yeah. You know, so there's, I mean, every, there's a part of everyone who's really annoyed by tiny Tim. Oh, when, Tiny Tim. When he says, the worst. God bless us, everyone. Yeah. And then we think, don't make us Get your want- fingernails <laughs> off the chalkboard. <laughs> don't don't make Get us want you to die. <laughs> yeah. True confessions. This is something I actually have. I have um, friends whom I respect who disagree with me profoundly. But I, I struggle with It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. For the same reason. I str- I, there's a lot that's great about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot. I love Clarence. You know, I love, there's. There's a lot that's good, but the, you know, the every time a bell rings thing, like I just, it's like just that. It's not so much the track of him having to learn and his failure of his life. So George, George, that's the name, right? Is is fine. It's the cutesy. It's the, it's the cutesy destination is where I'm just like, "Mm, I don't want to (laughs) go. Like I don't want to go. And that's the same thing with Tiny Tim. Yeah. God bless us. <laughs> and I was like, go die. Yeah. <laughs> like my the flesh responds. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if too much Norse blood somewhere back there in me or something. Well, I know what the problem is. It's that you prefer your angels fiery and with six yeah. wings rather yeah. than like ding ding. Ding a ling a ling. Yeah. Although Clarence is great. Yeah. So it's, funny. but this, the sentimentality that, that creeps in, like it, a Christmas movie for me, the ideal Christmas movie is, uh, well, it's gotta have humor. Mm-hmm. And like, again, I add the asterisks to everything here of like how much I filter. Yeah. Like I filter and edit things all the time. Um, but like you see sentimentality and then you see honesty and whenever you see honesty, that's, that's funny i mean that's why elf works right yeah we, we it can be funny but it shows you something true yeah. and then the wheels come off of elf at the end you know it's like it just yeah, it, gets it sucks really really end. badly but it's got so much greatness along the way um the holiday right same thing with elf like that part where they all, all start singing to make the sleigh fly yeah. you know same sort of we level stop just it like, oh, come um on. so heavily heavily filtered i i actually really like the holiday mm-hmm. um as a think piece, you know, like something to process, different characters to process. I like, uh, again, uh, these are the things where I'm like heavily filtered. Just remember, mm-hmm. these are PG versions. <laughs> um, love actually what it does in terms of studying characters, even though it has an incoherent perspective of the world. Like the way it breaks down characters is really interesting. And it does something unique there. Then they, they 
proved they suck at that and as because they then failed mm-hmm. you know with the their follow-ups but there's there's insight there one of the things that i i really like and love actually is the alan rickman and emma thompson narrative where he gives in to flirtation like it's a he gives in to flirtation he's not committed to adultery he's got this skank of a secretary new horrible woman that he should have just fired and moved on from and she is you know relentless mm-hmm. and demanding that he buy her a present you know and like and he being a weak man does but he's a weak man towards his wife and she's demanding certain things and he's not uh you know he's he's steerable but now he's got this other woman in his workplace who's demanding that he buy her something so he buys her something and that and in buying her something he ruins his life <laughs> like and he does not have an affair does not like he bought the woman a necklace and it, a 200 pound necklace and it ruins his life mm. uh, and that is like that's like that was great yeah like that's an interesting yeah like setup. that like that's really interesting it's true like it's telling the truth about that mm-hmm. then you jump into another thread the one that's most commonly mocked in love actually is the kira knightley thread uh where you have uh whatever his name is i don't remember the guy from the walking dead <laughs> um, <laughs> zombie hunter shows up and like has the cards like the faux christmas carol moment has the cards it's like i love you yada 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 when she just married his best friend like so the the film shows one guy ruin his life from having like just bought a woman something who's not his wife and it should have ruined his life it did ruin his life that was the way it was going to go and this other guy is doing worse than that yeah stealing his friends yeah he's going to profess his love to this the his best friend's new bride like much worse and the film just kind of isn't that sweet to just give in to your love? Like, no, you just showed us the other one, how giving into the, giving yeah. into this destroys things. Well, that's because it's Snape, right? We're fine yeah. seeing Snape <laughs> fail. <laughs> uh, yeah, Emma Thompson's great. So if you strip out whole threads, there are whole threads there you have to edit out. So it's like, it that's one that gets like 20 minutes shorter, you know, if, when you when you edit it. But it's there There are interesting character studies there. And then you jump over to Holiday and there's some inter- there's interesting character work there. Same thing, you have to strip out whole you know whole big chunks um but once they're stripped out you you're left with something that's interesting you know that the study of how people hang on to each other and why and why the good why the good ones have so much trouble mm-hmm. um and jack black is just fantastic in that i'm a sucker for jack black <laughs> so but you, uh, you meander since, through yeah. and you get to the ultimate best christmas movie that there is which is die hard Okay, I thought we and, were gonna, was wondering if we're going to Yeah, get it's here. like that's and that's where we land. And this is because it it eschews like all of that sentimentality. <laughs> like there's none of that. <laughs> like there's just Nate's rubric for there's Christmas just movies. No sentimentality whatsoever. Uh, and it is in fact a fantastic Christmas movie. And and add one more asterisk filter it <laughs> yeah right well okay i think we actually might have a theological explanation justification for why it has to include the humor because christmas is the greatest subversion event yeah of and we did, we should so subversion also is when you take a, you take structure you take architecture you take a pattern of expectation and then you you flip it mm-hmm. so it can be done incorrectly it can be done badly 
Yeah. Um, like anything can be. But when you subvert expectations, when you go down a particular right. pattern, like I'm building this kind of a house and then you've done something new and unexpected, like somehow, usually basically upside down. Yeah. You know, a little, a little bit upside down. Well, yeah, the problem, I think I don't like that postmoderns get this idea that they created subversion or yeah. something like that. You know, this idea that, that just because you're telling a story about a heroic character who ends up being the bad guy, you know, say in, you know, uh, what the Elsa movie where the main hero, oh, yeah. you know, shows up and in frozen, the main hero shows up and turns out to be a bad guy. That's classic example of subversion. Yep. That's, that's super lazy. Yeah, it is very, very lazy. And done correctly, subversion is, I, I, I feel like I'm bastardizing the Chesterton quote here, but it's um, the truth standing on its head. Mm. You know, when the truth stands on its head to get attention, like that's, yeah. like you've, you've moved around somebody's calluses where you've just worn calluses and you enable them to see something that, yeah. they, that they would not have seen. They, they see it in a new way. Yeah. Uh, and they would have missed it. And yeah. it's still the truth. Done incorrectly, you're saying the truth is stupid. Done yes. it, done incorrectly, it's perversion, not subversion. Right. That's a good distinction because done postmoderns love to flip everything and say, yeah. how do you know which one is they, true? They want to pervert good and pervert evil, and they want you to align your sympathies with evil and have that not be the arc of redemption. Right. Like there is no arc of redemption. They're just or You're, they're saying it's fine if you want to read it that way, but the other way you could read it is just as viable. Yeah. Like the ones that I've How read. do you know? How do you know? Right. How do you know? It's like it's, and you can't possibly judge and you can't. Yeah. They're, they're happy with finding any binary and then flipping it. Yeah. And then, so they'll, the one we typically think is good or, you know, we find male, female as a strong, weak dynamic. And so we're going to flip it and make the female dynamic the strong one and the male the weak so one. So good subversion uh, would be Jojo Rabbit. And bad subversion would be somebody trying to make a movie in which Hitler was the hero. And mm. even the even the postmoderns don't have the nerve to do that. Yeah, they don't. I was going to say they don't. Like, they don't have the nerve to do that, but they they should have the nerve to be able to do that. If they actually have the conviction yeah. of their belief. But then. they they don't. So Jojo Rabbit's great subversion. Mm. You know, it's like it, it really is. And it enables you in a very weird way to see the the petty humanity of germany nazi germany yeah and it's not trying to be realism but it's a reminder of like this poor stupid fat child in his paper uniform <laughs> you know it's like it's just it it's yeah. it's amazing um watching through the eyes of a child but not in some uh what's the what's the other famous war movie life is beautiful oh yeah right? yeah, yeah where you do kind of see world war ii through the point of view yep. of a child but a very serious way yeah and, and they both end similarly with Life is Beautiful is also a great, a great film. Yeah. With parents dying, mm -hmm. but you're watching them entirely different. I, I don't know. What's the distinction there? I guess Life is Beautiful is not subverting anything. They're just telling you a true story. Life is Beautiful is perspectival. Yeah. So it's this child perspective. And so you get to, because you are an adult watching, like it's a, it's a subversion of a perspective and that's about it. So you're an adult watching a child in an, in a camp, in a Nazi camp. Yeah. And with his dad and you see his dad being silly yeah, and goofy and funny. And he's doing those things 
you see that as an adult looking through the glasses of a child. And so you see like the incredible courage that it took yeah. for him for him to do that. Yeah. Like he's yeah. <laughs> he's trying to protect he's trying to protect his son from realizing the depth of the evil here. Right. Like that how bad this is. And so he goes he goes to his grave silly walking. Yeah. Like he dies for his son and dies, you know, doing it that way. Now, if you did, if you were a kid watching that, you don't know the the heaviness, yeah, of that. But because you're an adult, getting into that kid lens, seeing the adult behavior, but still having the information from your own adulthood, right? You know, it make it makes it this really, really strong. Yeah. And so then compelling. all the way, yeah. Then all the way to the end, um, when the American tank, <laughs> one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, favorite moment the Amer- American tank rolls up and this very cliche bubblegum ad American pops out of the head. It's back to that kid perspective. Like, right. This is a cartoon American. Yeah. You know, he gets up and he's got this amazing white smile. He pops out of the top of the tank and smiles and there's actually like a ding sparkle <laughs> on his tooth as he looks down at this boy he's rescuing and says, hey, little boy or something like, you know, it's like, right. It's, it's this, you know, this childish perspective on, yeah. on the whole thing. Um, so it's a subversion of adult perspective, flipping that upside down and making yeah. us watch the courage of a father from the eyes of a kid who doesn't realize how courageous his dad's being. Yeah. You know, like that's- I mean, it almost hides it because you. it's really interesting to play around what would happen with that story if you just tried to tell it straight up from the dad's perspective. It'd be, it would just be- It'd be brutal. Yeah. It would just be impossible. It'd yeah. be so grim. There's not an arc to it. There's just him drowning slowly, yeah. holding his son above the water. I mean, yeah. that's like, that's what he's doing. So telling the- Allowing the kid to look back and say, this is how my dad saved my life. Yeah. All of a sudden that becomes- yeah. uh, It's, it's a much, it's the right lens for the narrative. And so you, you bounce JoJo's and other, is subversion, life is beautiful is a, is a perspectival flip, mm-hmm. not true subversion, but the difference between perversion and subversion is important. When somebody just looks at something good and says, I'm going to bend and break this, I'm going to just do the opposite because I can. And I want people to understand that these categories are false or temporary or whatever. It's a, it's a very epistemic philosophical rebellion uh, versus when somebody says, hey, let's flip this on its head. Mm-hmm. You're like, let's yeah. do this. So subvert, I have a, a concept, one of the first concepts I ever sold oh was an animated animated film concept called the deadlies um about the seven deadly sins as a family Mm. and sloth is this morbidly obese teenage boy who's not even allowed to have pencils you know because they don't want him like drawing or you know video games are too much mental it's too much mental uh work so he's just has to be a beanbag Mm -hmm. and he's required to just ooze sloth into this whole neighborhood where they live. They have to be these bad influences. Um, and then this this boy starts sneaking out at night and gets a paper route really early in the, the morning. Is sloth the main character? Yeah. Okay. And so he's he starts rebelling. He goes through his teenage rebellion. He's losing weight. His, his parents can't figure it out. Like he's, you know, it's like it's all this. And that's like, that's an example of subversion where it's like, yeah. okay, so he's going to rebel from vice into virtue. Yeah. We're going to tell a story of teenage rebellion that's a rebellion out of vice into virtue. Like, okay, that enables you to see the truth by flipping it, like flipping some architecture on its head. 
Um, but if I tried to tell a story about how laziness is just as good as diligence, yeah, then that's perversion. Like there's, I'm going to try to pervert the truth versus subvert it so you can see it. I'm pretty sure they do that all the time. Oh yeah. I think that's a regular. Trope. Yeah. And so big arguments happen around shows like Breaking Bad because is this just nihilism? Is it just postmodern storytelling or is it subversion? Yeah. Is there value here? In our camp, all the, that's what they say. They say it's just showing us how a bad guy gets worse and worse. And so yeah. For it's, it's however many seasons, nine seasons, <laughs> five, five, I think five. 30, 32 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 97 yeah. seasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At what point did you not get it? You know, it's like, it's yeah. So, you know what the world needs today is this cautionary tale of a chemistry teacher who makes math so that other chemistry teachers don't do that. But he thinks he's going to die, Nate. He <laughs> makes he's it gonna die. okay. <laughs> it makes it okay. It makes it all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's anyway. You just watch him being brutal to people. Yeah. I, I know our listeners want us to come back to Die Hard because there's plenty out there saying, what? Why is it a Christmas movie? Uh, not being on social media in any meaningful way. Uh, I, of course, am aware that there's the the perennial fight about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> But it's just not even a discussion. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, there's Santa in it. He raps. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> there's Christmas music. There's Christmas music. There's lights. So what, what would be the key components of a Christmas movie that Die Hard is missing? Well, I think more is just the fact that there's extreme violence and language <laughs> spread throughout it. <laughs> but what? when did that make the... Uh, you know, the little checklist for whether something's a Christmas movie. Here, you're going to take us back to Luke and say the gospel story. <laughs> yeah, here we are. extreme violence. And yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm really curious. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it Can seems, you represent this position well? I actually it? can't because it, it seems like it's trying to be a Christmas movie. Can, it's got, can anybody? I know Bruce Willis says it's not, but who cares? Yeah. Um, what does that have to do with it? Yeah, what does he mean? I assume he's just thinking nostalgia back to the movies he watched when okay, so he was a kid. If you say there's violence and there's bad language and that's why it's not a Christmas movie, it's like, okay. I mean, it's yeah. a movie about a hostage situation. So I think most people are like, why would that be a Christmas movie? A Christmas movie is about Scrooge learning that the heart of Christmas is giving. <laughs> okay, so it's a story about a homecoming, mm. like uh, the reunion of a family. It's a separated family mm -hmm. being reunited at Christmas. That's how it starts. Yeah. And then you have something really bad that happens. And not only do you have Christmas music, you have everything else, but you have a husband who learns, uh, like, well, he already in some ways knew this, but he, a husband who truly, in a messianic way, sacrifices oh, wow. himself. Like, he goes for it sacrificing himself all the way up to and including damaging his feet and mm. doing it um he does this in a way that causes his wife who had resented and kind of hated uh this his stubbornness his masculinity uh she changes in that weirdly she changes in understanding and realizing that there's security in that she, so, she comes to recognize that his gifts are actually a gift. 
Yeah. She just had never been in a situation where you needed Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't need John. Yeah. John McLean. Yeah. Wasn't Bruce. It was John. Sorry. John. Um, you know, suddenly she is in the worst situation in her life. And her greatest reassurance that she has is that her man is just unbreakable. Yeah. That Proverbs 24, 16, like that man's going to keep rising up over and over and over again, like the undead. He, he will not stay down. Um, Each season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yet another one. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And so I, when she actually sees one of the terrorists like losing his mind, she has her first moment of like hope and smile. And she says only John could drive somebody that, right. you know, that crazy. You know, and the coke snorting guy who yeah. is is contrasted with John. Yep. You see them. I think that element is a good element of Christmas movies where you see the real importance of a character. Like that switch right there seems key yep. to a Christmas movie because there's something on the surface and there's always something underneath. So you have a mom and you know and the kids yeah uh take off and, and they leave and she she drops her husband's name and he's coming out for christmas mm, to a, reunite his family bear well yeah to reunite his family and he's not confident he doesn't know what's going on but he's coming out for christmas to reunite his family and we end with her having reassumed his name oh did like, she i guess i couldn't you know it's like that. They ruined that in the second movie, but that's because they had to do a second one. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, like she, she's, a, it's actually the family's restored. Her relationship with her husband is restored. His relationship with her you I know, mean, is I restored. Think, I think that's the final argument then, right? It's happening like, at Christmas time. He's coming home to, to fix a broken relationship. Yeah. The fact that he, he has to shoot a lot of people. I'm not sure why that would disqualify it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a, the the art i also as a side note this is just in general i don't like arguments about ontology or ontological status like is that art that's a big difference between nate and i i enjoy the pedantry <laughs> of an ontological discussion <laughs> so when somebody's like is it art um uh, when a whatever danish guy if it was a danish guy i don't remember um poops in a can and seals it and then sells that is that art and I'm more inclined just to say it's, you know, bad art. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get, like, what is the victory in arguing that it's, that it's not art? It's, it's much better to argue that it's moronic. Yeah. Like, I, I would much rather, you know, maintain its stupidity. Yeah. Than its non-artiness. <laughs> you know. Although he's been willing to go to bat for this being a Christmas movie. Though. Yeah. So. And by the, but that's also, like, I don't understand exclusion that way so oh, right you know it's like why is that the big win uh is die hard a great movie or not a great movie it's said it's set at christmas it's this family restoration yeah it's hyper violent um you know there's you can criticize it for that but trying to make it not uh, a christmas movie is interesting now is logan a western you know it's like when you like oh, there, right. yeah, so there are Western aspects of this film. There's Western, you know, Mangold is bringing in these different, a lot of different Western pieces there. Yeah, but is that ultimately what matters? Isn't it? Isn't the more important thing? Is it a good film? Is it a good story? Um, mm. Should it have been told differently? Is there a better way to construct it? 
not is there a more genre specific way to construct it, but is there a better way to construct it? Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's helpful. Have you watched Klaus? Yeah. Um, well, that's one we've been watching pretty regularly. Uh, yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun one. Like that. It is. Yeah. Um, it is fun. I was trying to think the elements of of subversion there again. It uses violence, like the yeah. extreme violence of a yep. of a town at war. The Romeo or the Capulet Montague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Klaus is funny. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that Die Hard's probably my number one Christmas movie. Okay. Most likely is. I weirdly like Trapped in Paradise too. Trapped in Paradise is funny. I don't know that I've seen it. Nick Cage, man. Nick Nick Cage. Okay. <laughs> uh, John Lovitz. Oh, I'm trying to remember who else is the other little idiot in that in that film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I don't remember. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a bizarre one. I yeah, I mean, I I'm thinking most people when they think Christmas movie, they have an affection for the Hallmark, the regular Hallmark that comes out at Christmas time. Um, <laughs> Christy and I just watched one. We gutted our way through it. Oh gosh, <laughs> this is like there's some people love taking uh, hits off of a. Uh, whipped cream can isn't that called a whippet <laughs> like, <laughs> like i don't know no whip, said, whippets are laughing gas so whippets i, I don't know my illicit drug use yeah. slang but <laughs> yet again we qualify <laughs> whiskey it's the only thing we talk about <laughs> but yeah it's i i just don't i don't understand when people are like now it is the season for me to just get the whipped cream straight from the can mm-hmm. constant on the regular yeah just sugar and foam just <laughs> <laughs> like i i don't understand why people don't want the good real stories mm. um and i i just don't intensity like duress risk like the real stories are the real stories are so compelling and so filling like it's like a real meal you know proteins there's a lot yeah. of proteins there i'm not against dessert i don't mind a little sentimentality i already yeah. told you i watched a musical called spirited and found it kind of funny i mean like it's yeah like i i'm not against the saccharin always it just is infuriating that it's associated with the story of christmas when christmas is nothing like that like it just isn't yeah what else do we need to cover brian i don't think we need to cover anything we did it die hard's christmas movie yep it's our our yearly reminder of that i think we did that have we done that before? Wow. Have we been doing this for so long? I think so. That's so in about fifty-two more episodes, you're going to get we'll a reminder that Die Hard's. A Christmas I know we movie. can't bring up all the Christmas movies right now because then what would we talk about at episode? Whoa, whoa! When are we going to stop? Yeah, what that's, if... that's actually the question. <laughs> when are we going to stop? Uh, so I, the Grinch. I don't know. It's okay to like the Grinch. He's the reason. You're supposed to. You're the reason for. He's the reason for the season. The reason for that story. Yeah. <laughs> And we're done. Yeah. And hate Tiny Tim. Love the yep. Grinch. Hate Tiny Tim. Yep. Watch better stories. Read Love them it. too. It's good stuff. Cheers. Hi, it's Brian Cole here, wanting to let you know how you can support the Stories Our Soul Food podcast. You can do that by checking out Canon Plus. Head over to mycanonplus.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the SASF podcast. We'll hopefully be seeing you at mycanonplus.com.